Good morning. How are you guys? You're dry. That's good. It's gotten worse now, I think. So we're going to preach through the storm. The last several weeks we've been discussing the theme of love and freedom. Love fulfills the law. Love sums up the law. Love puts no hindrance to the gospel. There exists no greater freedom on this earth than the kind that would willingly lay down one's rights and privileges for the sake of another. And that's exactly the kind of love demonstrated to us in Christ Jesus. Today, more often than not, when someone calls someone else a strong Christian, you ever heard somebody say that? He's a real strong Christian. Um, they're usually, and this is my experience, I don't know if it's yours, but they're usually talking about someone they don't know personally. Like a sports figure or a celebrity. You know, he's a real strong Christian. That Mark Richt, he's a strong Christian. I just always hear that. Every time everybody, any time anybody wanted to fire Mark Richt, everyone, inevitably, there was someone else in the room who would say, well, you know, he's a good Christian. Kurt Warner, he's a strong Christian. Steph Curry, you know, you heard he's a strong Christian. And they, they in all likelihood are, I think. But this morning in Romans chapter 15, Paul says, We who are strong. We who are strong. So my question this morning is this. Would you say that you're a strong Christian? And just as importantly, what qualifies someone as a strong Christian? That's my big question this morning. Once again, the answer, just as it has been in the last two chapters of Romans, the answer lies in Romans chapter 15, in love. So if you want to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. If you want to stand for the reading of God's Word. Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. And the Holy Spirit says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, you have called us your sons and your daughters. You are faithful even when we were faithless. You pursued us when we weren't looking for you. And you made us the bride of Christ. When you found us, we were dirty. We were blemished. We were not pure. And we were certainly not righteous. And then you made us righteous. You made us clean. You made us beautiful. Lord, we look forward to that eternal wedding. 
we can be celebrated as your bride, not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that you have done for us. Let that gospel fuel the way we live. And let the example of your son Jesus on the cross give us a picture of what strength is in the kingdom of God. And all these things we ask in your son's name, amen. You can be seated. I believe Paul is making five main points, if I had to boil them down. Five main points here, and I'm just going to go through them briefly and then we'll start. The strong Christian bears with the failings of the weak. The strong Christian doesn't seek to please himself or herself, but to please others. The strong Christian draws his or her strength from the Scriptures. The strong Christian lives in harmony with others. And the strong Christian welcomes sinners. I think we can extract those five truths from those seven verses. And we're going to to see how. Number one, the strong Christian bears with the failings of the weak. Verse one, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. There is no such thing as a mature Christian who has not matured in love. Godly maturity is measured in love. Not exclusively. But again, there is no such thing as a mature Christian who has not matured in love. The amount of years you've lived on this earth doesn't qualify you as a strong Christian. The amount of resources or money you, do, you have or give away doesn't qualify you as a strong Christian. The amount of volunteer hours you've been given to someone else doesn't qualify you as a strong Christian. The amount of theology you know doesn't qualify you as a strong Christian. If I had to define, if we had to, if we had to come up with a working definition this morning of a strong Christian, I would define him or her in this way. A strong Christian is a needy sinner who draws their power from the Spirit of Christ and they have developed their relationship with Jesus by increasing in their knowledge of God and His Word and maturing in the love of the Gospel. That's how I would define a strong Christian. The purpose of theology is to grow in the love of Christ. That's how strong Christians are made. The Bible is very clear that as we grow in the knowledge of Christ, we should also grow in love. 1 Timothy 1.5, Paul writes to Timothy, The aim, the purpose of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Men, husbands, fathers, listen to me now. When we look at our mothers and their ability to love unconditionally, When we look at our wives and their ability to exercise gentleness and understanding, patience, when we look at our children and their childlike faith and love, God is giving us a glimpse into how the kingdom of God defines strength. Now that doesn't mean that women and children are always stronger, but we have to constantly remind ourselves that God in the world defines strength differently. The world defines strength in terms of muscle, athleticism, and the ability to lift weight. The Bible defines strength in terms of love, compassion, and the ability to endure the weaknesses of others. 
We simply cannot define true, biblical, godly strength in this life without love. I would almost go as far as to say that the world sometimes thinks that love takes away from someone's strength. No, that's, 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 that's gushy stuff. That's soft. You don't get that in the Bible. The one who knows how to love and love purely, love biblically, love in a gospel-centered affection is strong. Jonathan Edwards, I'm going to quote him again, said this about the strength of Jesus. Thus Christ appeared as both a lion and a lamb. He appeared as a lamb in the hands of His cruel enemies, as a lamb in the paws, and between the devouring jaws of a roaring lion. Yes, He was a lamb actually slain by this lion, Satan. And yet at the same time, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, He conquers and triumphs over Satan, destroying His own devourer, as Samson did the lion that roared upon Him when He rent Him as He would a child. And in nothing has Christ appeared so much as a lion in glorious strength, destroying His enemies as when He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. In His greatest weakness, He was most strong. I love that. That sermon came from the excellency of Christ. So that's your model for strength. That's your standard. A God of infinite power and glory who became weak for you. Verse 1 is basically a call to be Christ-like. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. This world wants me to believe that a man of strength is a Hollywood celebrity with three divorces who poses with his shirt off, has six-pack abs, and plays a guitar. I kind of wish I, had, I could play guitar, but I, I don't. But the kingdom of God says that a man of strength is an 80-year-old man quietly taking care of the bride of his life of 60 years as she suffers from Alzheimer's and dementia. That is strength. These two don't look alike. This world wants me to believe that a man of strength is the guy driving down the road in a big truck with a beautiful woman in the passenger seat making millions of dollars, living in a big house, who sends his kids to nice schools. But the kingdom of God says that a man of strength is the one working shift work who can barely make ends meet, but he speaks to his wife gently, softly, teaches his children the Scriptures, and makes sure that he prays for their salvation every single day. That is the man of strength. Or, just as I heard this month, a strong woman is like the young pregnant woman whose entire family tells her she needs to kill that baby because her entire life's ahead of her. And she says, no. This voiceless child is made in the image of God. That is strength. A strong man is a man who knows how to love his family well, in the right way. But a strong man isn't just a good father, a strong man is also a good friend. I'm taking a little time out talking to the men here. Men of the church, 
I know many men in churches who have been Christians their entire lives, but who cannot tell another man, I love you. That's so sad. But you know what's happening there? They're starting to absorb worldly strength, which tells you, you don't tell another man you love him because you're gay. Gentlemen, if you don't know how to tell someone else you love them, you are still learning what it means to be a strong Christian. In verse 1 it says, We who are strong must bear with the failings of the weak. The Greek word bastadzo means to carry or to endure or to tolerate or to support. Are you able to tolerate a superstitious new Christian who still cusses like a sailor? You able to tolerate him or her? Are you able to endure a needy young Christian who, who takes probably more needs more of your time because they got a lot of questions? Do you have time for that person? Can you support the weight of that person? Are you strong enough to bear with the failings of the weak? Are you strong enough to join a small group where you might not know as many people and you might not have as many friends in that group, but you can carry the weight of weaker Christians? That word for strong also means powerful. The strong person is someone who draws his power from the Spirit of God and not his flesh. He doesn't rely. We who are redeemed in Christ do not need the power of our flesh. We are born again by the Spirit. That is our power. I've noticed today that many people... There's this phrase that gets used a lot. And it says, uh, I just told him how it was. I just told him like it was. I ain't afraid to speak my mind. I just told him to the face. I hear that a lot. People who think that it's strong to leave their tongue unbridled. The world says you're a strong person if you can go up to anybody you want and tell them off. The Bible says that for the truly mature Christian, the believer who knows how to love, True strength isn't opening your mouth, it's knowing when to close your mouth. There is no such thing as a mature Christian who has not matured in love. Martin Luther said this, A Christian is Lord of all, completely free of everything. A Christian is also a servant, completely attentive to the needs of all. Number two, the strong Christian doesn't seek to please himself, but to please others. Verses 1 through 3. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. See, verse 3 is the reason for verse 2. We are to please others because Christ did not please himself. He bore our burdens. Therefore, we are to live a life of selflessness and giving. A strong Christian doesn't seek to please himself. Therefore, a strong Christian doesn't come to church seeking to please himself or herself. He or she comes to worship the one and true living God. Therefore, nine times out of ten, you're not going to hear a strong Christian complaining about how they didn't like the, the music. A man named Harold Best once said, the mature Christian is easily edified. You know what? I have struggled. I'm going to tell you just to, as an aside here. I have seminary ingrains this spirit of 
criticism sometimes for people's sermons. You come out of seminary and you think you've heard it, you know what real preaching is, and then you hear other people's preaching, and it's easy to critique their sermons. I think I fell into that. Um, I believe, not to promise myself, I believe I can use past tense because I, I have been admonished by older brothers and I have seen the error of my ways through the Spirit. But I think I can today say this. If someone gets up and preaches and they are true to God's Word, my soul is filled. If they didn't cloud it, if it was, you know, if they were bad, if they were a bad preacher, they didn't really, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of personality. It was kind of robotic, but they were in God's word. I'm edified. I think we need to remember that the opposite of a strong Christian is someone with a critical spirit. They're not looking to build up. They're not looking to tear down. They're looking to tear down. They're not looking to unite. They're looking to divide. A, a person, an immature Christian, values their own words rather than the word of God. So how do you identify a strong Christian? Well, they're more than likely going to be encouraging someone else. Verse 2, let each of us please him, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. True love. Please do not miss me when I say this. True love doesn't wait for someone to prove they're worthy to be loved. True love makes someone worthy to be loved. I was telling my small group a few weeks ago, early on in our marriage, Kelly and I, newsflash, we had fights. And um, oftentimes they were made worse by the fact that she didn't feel desired by me. I was too busy or I had things going on. She didn't feel like I thought she was beautiful or you know, she didn't feel like I valued her. Meanwhile, I was waiting her, I was waiting for her to feel confident and beautiful so that she could bless me. You see how that everybody knows any, any male in here knows how that works. Amen. What I did not understand, what <laughs> What I did not understand is that love doesn't wait for someone to get their act together. If I wanted a beautiful wife, I should have made her feel beautiful. If I wanted a woman who felt desired, I should have made her feel treasured. The strong husband is the strong Christian. Someone who pleases not himself, but his wife. Is there such a beauty in a woman as the woman who feels as if she is the most beautiful woman in the world in the eyes of her husband? When Christ found His bride, she was not righteous. When Christ found His bride, she was not holy. She was not pure. Heaven is filled with sinners who were wretched when He found them, and they were made clean when He was done with them. He made His bride beautiful. Love bestows value and grace on others. Therefore, as one who loves like Jesus, the strong Christian builds everyone up. You know what? This isn't in here, but you know, Franklin. Y'all know Franklin? Franklin, I'm trying to teach Franklin more theology. But Franklin to me is the is the exception to the rules. He generally 
I don't want to say exception to the rule, but he, he can learn his Bible more. It's not that he doesn't know his Bible, but I think he could really just be a weapon for the gospel if he could teach the Bible. Because when I met Franklin, there was maturity in him. I could tell as soon as I met him. Franklin has the ability to hang out with anyone, engage anyone, talk to anyone, love anyone. If there's anyone who comes to our church, and I just I can send Franklin to hang out with them. If there's anybody who has questions, go to Franklin. He is strong. I don't have to worry about his personality. There are some people, you know, if we get a new visitor, I may not ask them to go and talk to them because I don't know. They may not be strong. A strong Christian is someone that the pastor can look at and they're like a Swiss army knife. I can just sick them on and be like, hey, go hang out with them. A strong Christian is someone who knows how to love well and can bear and talk with anybody. I only said that because you work in nursery. There you go. Like proving my point. Verse 3. A strong Christian draws his or her strength from the Scriptures. Verse 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. There's no such thing as a strong Christian who doesn't relentlessly read the Bible. This is our source. This is our strength. Guys, Christians are needy people. We're needy. We need food. We need nourishment. My kids can't go three hours without a snack or milk. Kelly's right now is going, yeah, but you want to feed them? Because you're never around. We are all children. We need our food. The, the, the Bible, God's Word, is our nourishment. It's our spiritual sustenance. And we cannot go day to day. I can tell Sometimes, and I, don't know, I know I may get some amens here, but can you tell when you're not in the Word? I can tell I'm more critical of people. Why is that? It's because the Spirit uses the Word to soften our hearts. The Spirit uses the Word to conform us to Christ. People keep asking, Lord, draw near to me. Let your Spirit rain down. You want to see the Spirit rain down? Read your Bible. Romans 10, 17, Paul says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. The strong Christian is hungry for the Scriptures like it's his or her food. Psalm 19, 9-11, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your Word. I know Willie knows this right here. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your Word in my heart. Say it, Willie that I might not sin against you. Bury that one in your heart. When I read about Christ conquering Satan's temptations in the desert, my mind is more attuned to my own sin and spiritual warfare. When I read about how God has adopted me and His family, I bury that truth in my heart so that I can walk in the knowledge of His grace. When I read about the faithfulness of the early church in Acts, it does exactly what Paul says here in verse 4. That it may through endurance and through encouragement of the Scriptures, I may have hope. One of the ways I've found that you can discern an infant Christian from a mature Christian is the way they talk. I know many infant Christians who can say general, not that they're insincere, not that these are any less scriptural, 
But there, there are a lot of words that are in the Bible that infant Christians or even unbelievers can use. Faith, love, God. When I hear a brother say Christ or cross, I'm like, this person's reading their Bible. If I hear somebody say gospel, I'm like, whoa, those aren't words you just use a lot. You have, that person's being fed. I can identify that. I'm not saying it's a hard and fast rule. But for someone to come out, nowadays, I think in a lot of times in the South, it's not completely taboo to say God. But if you're in public and someone says Jesus Christ, you're like, whoa. I think there's a brother or sister in here. Be that person. Be the mature, strong Christian. Be the guy in line at the bank who's like, hey, Jesus Christ, and the whole place goes like that. You're like, that's right. I'm strong. The strong Christian lives in harmony with others. Number four, verse five, Paul says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. The only way we as a church can exist in harmony is if we as a body come together and all of us are fueled and encouraged by the work of Christ first. And what I mean by that is, if some of us are coming to church finding our identity in our money, if some of us are coming to church finding our our identity uh, in our kids, if some of us are coming to church and finding our identity in our job, we're not going to coalesce. And the reason is we're each finding our sufficiency and our identity in something else. A church of the Lord Jesus Christ is a body of different members coming together under the same head. We're looking to the same source. I I really think we as a church, if you want to pray for Haynes Creek, pray that God shines His light into our little hidden commitments. And what I mean by that is, when I was a pastor in Louisiana, and I don't want to pick on just people in Louisiana. I mean, this, this, is, this is just an example. There were certain families in the springtime, in the summer, they were gone for two or three months. And you knew where they were. It was ball season. See, I don't think they endured. I don't think that's enduring. Is being a part of the church but saying, I'll see you for three months. What I think also is a strong Christian is able to endure whatever commitments, whatever obligations they have for the sake of the church, for the sake of Christ. As a pastor, there are those people in any church, you don't want to ask them to volunteer because you know the answer is going to be no. I don't think those people are able to endure. A strong Christian endures persecution, sickness, scheduling, anything that they might live in accordance with Christ in his church. Here's the thing, part of the irony is, in the church, sometimes the strongest Christians are the most frail people physically. Which tells you again that we don't operate as the world operates. I think that's amazing. I hope... Our church can be a church and continue to be because I feel like God's hand is upon us and I feel like He blesses us in this way where the kids are running around, there's young people running around, and the older folks are laughing and playing with them. I love that. I love that we can have a young couple like Quinn and Sophia hanging out with the Washingtons. I love that we can have BJ and Megan Guest who have, by the way, Miles Parker this week. Just by the way, I'm just so my heart is filled with all the babies. 
Peter Clark, Miles Parker, these new additions, they get to grow up in a church where there's old people. Sorry, I don't know, you know, older people. I want us to be a church where, I mean, I would, I glory and I find joy when I see little kids running around, young couples running around with older couples. That's the way it's supposed to be. Don't, don't, don't send them off to another building. Let them hang out in the same building. Let the older Christians who've walked, who've bled, who've hurt, who've suffered for the gospel, let them ooze that wisdom on the young folks. Let the weaker Christians mingle among the young. Paul says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony. Grant you. I think sometimes we need God's grace just to endure people, to be, to be honest. We need Him to grant us grace so that we can get by and bear with the failings of the weak. We need the encouragement of the Scriptures to see that this church doesn't... It really does work. You can really... I think people sometimes outside looking in go, wait a minute, you're going to put a bunch of people, different ages, different ethnicities, different walks of life, living different places in one place and get them to get along. Our response is, yes, it can work. But what's your secret? It's called the Spirit of God. The strong Christian is a harmonious Christian who finds and draws his strength from the Spirit and not his own flesh. Therefore, we're able to live in harmony. Number five, last, the strong Christian welcomes sinners. Verses five through seven. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So let me get this straight. The strong Christian lives in harmony with others, gives glory to Jesus, and welcomes other people. Sounds like the strong Christian is just a Christian. You catching that? I think at the end of the day, what Paul's saying, Paul's not wanting us to make degrees of Christians. We're not, we're not making a church where some you know, have better rank with God. The point is, a strong Christian is just an obedient Christian. At the very beginning of chapter 15, Paul says, we who are strong. He's expecting the, his recipients of this letter to understand that he's talking to them. We who are strong. Being a, Christ, being a strong Christian isn't optional. If you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and have called yourself a believer for years and you have not progressed in love, you have not increased in the knowledge of God, have not learned to serve others more, do not have more love in your heart today than when you first began, you are in sin. Did you think that faith is something that doesn't grow? Faith grows. Stagnant faith is not faith. And the more we grow and believe and trust in Him, the more we love. God's will for His church is to bring everyone to spiritual maturity. Last, I'm just going to read this before I end. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. And God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed into and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I'm just going to... I want to insert this before I, before I end. There's a lot of Christians you meet and you'll just be talking to them about God's Word. I, I generally think that the mature Christian wants to talk to you about God's Word. The, the infant Christian wants to talk to you about something they, they read on the Internet. Hey, did you... Hey, I read this. Um, they said that, uh, that, that that comet that was coming, that was Jesus was riding that comet. No. Be mature, Christian. No, do not be wafted to and fro like an infant child. We must grow in the knowledge of the Scriptures, and that is how we attain maturity. A strong Christian is one who aspires to the fullness of Christ. Husbands and fathers, I'm going to end with this. Husbands and fathers, please listen. There is no such thing as being a good father but an immature Christian. If you are a weak, delicate Christian, you are a weak, delicate father. Wives and mothers, there is no such thing as being a great mother but an immature Christian. If you are a weak, delicate Christian, you are a weak, delicate mother. God's will is for your fatherhood and your motherhood to be strengthened by your relationship with Jesus. Too often today, I see spiritual infants raising infants. Parents who don't help anyone else but their own family. Parents who don't read the Scriptures regularly. Parents who are not welcoming to outsiders. And guess what happens? More often than not, their children grow up to be infants in the faith as well. Jesus knelt down and healed the sick, the lame, the blind. He taught the ignorant. He bore with the failings of the weak. Jesus didn't seek to please Himself. Jesus sought out the Scriptures of His heavenly Father. Jesus lived in harmony with everyone else. Jesus welcomed the filthiest of tax collectors. A strong Christian is someone who lives like Jesus. But it's more than just looking to Jesus as our example. A strong Christian needs Jesus as Savior and Lord. And I'll end with this. Church, your pastor... In my flesh, I'm weak, I'm self-centered, I have no desire to read my Bible, I don't always get along with others, and I'm not always welcoming to those who are different than me. I am made strong by the Spirit of God. I am made strong because Christ was made weak. Are you needy? Because I am. Have you called upon a strong and able Savior? And I want to end with this. Do you have the strength to become weak for others? The only strength that lasts in this life is the kind found in Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, You are good. And we have a good shepherd in Your Son Jesus. He completely emptied Himself, not of His deity, but of so much of His power. He could have sat there in heaven and let us rot in hell. If there is any kind of weakness on earth, it is the kind of a helpless sinner who is condemned under judgment and has no way of saving himself or herself, and that was us. It took a strong man 
that was Jesus. And that strong man poured out his life, poured out his blood, loved like no man or woman had ever loved before. The strongest person in the history of the world was also the most loving person in the history of the world. And that is what we're called to today. Lord, we call out to You as our Savior. And we ask humbly this morning, please make us weak so that we can be strong. And all these things we ask in Your Son's name. Amen.